The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome. The time has just gone by. It is 6 p.m. on a Thursday, which means it's time for us to get into the business bus. That's your number one show for um, how the world of business affects you and your pocket. My name is Mudio Mob Justice Gavaz, and I'll be your host until about 7 p.m. On the show tonight, we're going to be touching on something that's very um, topical and uh, controversial for some, but we're going to be talking about uh, the taxi industry and looking at some of the innovation around the taxi industry industry we're going to be looking at um uh, an app that's actually come uh, that's come around uh, that's helping taxi operators uh, to actually manage traffic and flows and all of that stuff and then on the other side we're also going to be talking to um some guys that are helping um people to finance their taxi businesses we're going to be having sa taxi which is one of the biggest financiers of the taxi industry um talking to us about what it means to be a taxi operator and to be in the taxi business so if you a young person and you have thought about owning some some quantums um some high aces getting into this business transporting people um, then this is definitely the show for you actually on social media we've actually asked the question of would you consider buying a taxi as an investment and uh on our on our hashtag business buzz uh on twitter we actually have so far 42 percent of people say that yes uh, that's a good idea 42 percent are saying that no it seems a bit too risky and 16% are saying that maybe if I could afford it. So definitely make sure you go on Twitter and you can vote and tell us if you would like to participate as a taxi owner or invest in the taxi industry. Otherwise, you can also catch up with us on Facebook. Uh, we are Vow FM uh, 88.1 on uh, Facebook and we also have our own Facebook page. That's The Business Buzz. And then on Twitter, you can find us. That's at Vow FM. Our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. Our WhatsApp line is 0840784912 and you can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za. Podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za. So that's how our show is looking. Um, as I said, we are going to be doing uh, the business of the taxi industry. So definitely make sure you keep it locked in a few minutes. But before we get into all of that, uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be getting into our business wrap uh, with our financial expert, um, that's Vumi Musweli, who is going to be t- giving us a roundup of the week's um, top trending business and economics news. And then on the other side of that, we've got our uh, Buffalo Index, where we tell you the state of your 100 rand. So definitely make sure you keep it locked. So yes, as I said, we're here until 7 p.m. This is 88.1. The Business, the business buzz. buzz. In studio, we are honored to have Bonolo Mashilo. She is from Bonolo Mashilo Designs. When you are designing in your creative process, do you follow the techniques you were taught at school and what sets your designs apart? I don't really follow any techniques. Fashion comes to me naturally. When the client walks in, just from the way she walks, from the way she's dressed when she walks in, from the way she speaks, from the colors that she's wearing when she comes for her first concert, I already know what I want to put her in. And regardless of what's trending at that time, I can already visualize what this lady would look good in because I specialize in um, ladies' wear. Tune in to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on Power FM. 
You're listening to 88.1 and this is the Business Buzz. And right now it's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you um, your weekly roundup of business and economics news. On the line, we're joined by our financial expert. We have Vumi Musweli who's going to give us that roundup. How are you, Vumi? I'm good. How are you guys? Ah, no, no, we're doing all right. Um, as we begin the discussion today, I understand that um, the issues of data uh, that some people might be breathing sighs of release and others um, might be in a bit of trouble. What's going on out here? I'm very excited to say it seems the hashtag data must fall. We finally have people listening to us. So the Commissioner um, the Commissioner of Competition has come through bringing MTN South Sea Vodacom and all telecommunications company to the party by making it sure that going forward unused data is going to be rolled over. It's going to be rolled over. Over and above that, it is now mandatory to let us know when we're going to be out of data at 100%, 80%, and 50% of data usage to be notified that your data is running out prior to then charging you out of data um, rates without your permission is no longer going to be a problem for us. That's actually very, very good news. Um, what are do you? What are some of the implications? Do you think um, for the for the operators? Do you think they're going to make more or less money because of this move? They are definitely going to be making less money because obviously once you paid for a service and and it was forfeited and you didn't use it, they get to retain that. So they're going to lose a lot of money with regards to data. And as we've seen, the trend has that the calls, the call revenue has been dropping rapidly. So a lot of the telecommunications companies have actually been, been trying to recoup that using data and coming up with new and innovative ways to get us to use more data. But with this, it's definitely going to knock their revenue at bottom line. Okay, cool. So moving on uh, from that, I understand that uh, SARS uh, has also been up in arms uh, over the last week. What's going on there? Yes, so we um, so SARS has has been blamed for actually not for not coming to the party when it comes to the Bitcoin. SARS has declared that Bitcoin is an intangible asset, meaning that if you make any profit or losses off Bitcoin, you're now going to be liable for SARS, and the onus is on you as a taxpayer to actually declare that. The challenge also then becomes what's going to happen with regards to capital gains and capital losses when you move your Bitcoin, if you're going to be holding it for the long term, or if you're going to be speculating with it as a, as a Bitcoin miner or trader. So the implications have really fundamentally changed. So I'm just sticking to its guns and declaring Bitcoin a non-currency that is able to, um, in essence, uh, make quite a large sum of money from capital gains tax. So SARS is also a bit on the, become a bit of a punching bag with regards to the government blaming them for not collecting as much tax, which I think moves us to our next point regarding that. Um, before before we touch on the VAT issue, I just want to quickly um, understand something about this Bitcoin thing because um, I think the nature of Bitcoin is that as, as a digital currency, if I'm trading Bitcoin on an exchange in New Zealand, for example, in America, is, does, is SARS uh, liable to touch my money? Yes, SARS is. If you're a South African citizen, SARS law states that you're taxed on your worldwide income unless there is a double tax agreement with that specific country. And with Bitcoin being completely unregulated and having no centralized point, there is no country to, in essence, have an agreement with, which will then fall under your worldwide income. So the onus then does become on you to, in fact, um, to in fact declare it for SARS. And, and we need to be careful about using the term currency because, in essence, uh, Bitcoin does have currency 
um, capability in the fact that you can trade it for goods and services. But one of the formal um, the formal reasons for something being a currency is that it's in fact regulated. So someone is in charge of printing it. In our case, Lisa from the South African Reserve Bank, um, and that's not the case with Bitcoin. Okay, uh, I think I understand that one. I think anyone who's trading Bitcoin is taking a bit of a knock right now. Uh, but hopefully when it comes to this 1% increase on VAT, um, there's good news. Is there good news? There is a reconsideration. So that will probably <laughs> most likely <laughs> stay at 15%. I think the last time we chatted, um, the then Minister, uh, Melissa Kigaba, just announced this. Minister Nene has come back and said, we need to be cognizant of the impact on the poorest of the poor in our country. And that is increasing zero-rated, um, that, that zero-rated goods. We've noticed that the poor of our country don't necessarily eat brown bread. They actually eat white bread, which the 15% has been impacted. So the list that goes into what makes zero-rated is now completely being reviewed. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they come back with as to what are the essentials for the average South African on the street. Okay, I'm actually I'm actually keen to see where this particular story is gonna go because I think um, going back to 14% is going to be a, a very very tough sell, especially considering the fact that um, the government is uh, to some extent saying that SARS hasn't collected enough money. So anything that takes money out of SARS's pocket um, is going to be a bit, a bit of a tough sell, as far as I can see. Um, but moving on. Uh, and just to be just to be cognizant of the fact that it won't go back to fourteen percent, also because that will have to be recouped either under personal income tax or corporate tax, which is uh, I think the budget's already um, <laughs> very set at the time, so I doubt that happening will happen. That's true. Now, on the business buzz, we don't slack. In in addition to being, you know, nominated for radio awards, we have financial experts that also get nominated for awards. And Vumi was in India recently, um, attending a women's economics conference. Can you tell us about that and about this award that you're nominated for? Yes, um, it was the Women's Economic Forum. So you had over six thousand delegates. Um, over 150 countries represented. And there's a bunch of women really talking about the landscape of, 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 of economics, economics of goodness, and how women can actually impact our capital markets and, and how we can grow in the entrepreneurship space. And I'm proud to say well, I wasn't only nominated, but I came back with an award representing South Africa as a woman of excellence yes. in 2018. Yes, congratulations. So... Thank from, you so much. from from the from your from your experience there, um, perhaps as we end off, um, how how is our South African women doing on the stage? Um, you have gotten an award, uh, but in the greater scheme of things, how are um, South African doing in terms of uh, economics on the world stage? Um, I think South Africans are, are doing what they can. A lot, a lot of focus from our mining industries, um, a lot more focus with regards to what's happening in our media and manufacturing. But in essence, the rest of the world really, a lot of the women, a lot of people focusing on science and a lot of people focusing on, on technology. So it was a bit disappointing to not see as many South Africans represented. A lot more activity coming from Ghana and Kenya, interestingly enough. Okay, cool. So that was us on the line talking to our financial expert, Vumim Sweli. As you heard, she actually just came back from Canada representing South Africa and has uh, won an award there. Uh, we definitely will be looking to see uh, what other moves she will be making um, in that particular space and, you know, hearing about uh, the rest of her travels. Otherwise, on the other side of this, we're going to be getting into our Buffalo Index. Uh, that's the part of the show where we tell you the state of your 100 
Rand. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. The, the Business Buzz. It's 88.1 and right now you are listening to the Business Buzz and we just came from giving you our business wrap as you heard um, from our discussion with Vumi. Um, you, you, your taxes in terms of VAT are being reconsidered. It's nothing guaranteed. We're not holding our breath about this thing coming up or down, uh, but they are reconsidering this thing. And then so as they're reconsidering this thing, we are going to be looking at the Buffalo Index, you know, because we are looking at ways of how can you be you know using your money where you are you know without uh, people in big uh, big spaces trying to make decisions about a one percent so I have in studio I have uh, you know playing away here uh, to tell us what's going on with our 100 rand what's going on hi Madiwa. hello to the listeners so today we're gonna be talking about um, entry-level costs into the taxi industry okay and we are going to be comparing the minibus taxi industry um, entry costs to the small vehicle um, entry costs and order before you continue yes uh, minibus what are we talking quantum we're, quantum okay we're talking about and quantum then, and then the other and one? then sedan oh, okay. so we're going to be specifically okay looking at the quantum yeah. versus um one vehicle which is um, approved for for uber which is the hyundai Elantra. okay and cool. we're going to be comparing those two um models okay um so the first one is you have an auto um, dealer, you have a pre-owned vehicle that's available. It's a Toyota Quantum that's available at a um, pre-owned option for four thousand three hundred and thirty-three buffaloes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's quite a few. That's a lot of buffaloes. It is, and then you have a new one that's f- available directly from Toyota at five thousand two hundred and fifty-six buffaloes. Uh, that's a lot of buffaloes again. <laughs> a, a great, a great deal. And then I spoke to a few Quantum owners in terms of insurance insurance costs for their quantums and the general uh, consensus was 25 buffaloes covers insurance okay so about 2, per month yes per okay. 2500 per month yeah and then you have other things like professional driver's permit which at the licensing department will cost you three buffaloes and that includes the application and issue fee oh okay yes and then you have to make sure that your vehicle is you know worthy of being on the road and that has to be tested and that's done at uh, 5.2 uh, buffaloes and you can choose various um, suppliers for that that range from um, Derka to AVTS Okay. So that was the Toyota Quantum. Okay. And then for the Uber, we selected a Hyundai, which is a very beautiful car. Hmm. Nice, slick, simple. You can use it for work when you want to do the work parts, and you can use it for in private for special functions when you want to. Yeah. So it's multi- multifaceted. And there you have the manual option that's available for 3,049 buffaloes, and then the automa- automatic is available for 3,199 buffaloes. Insurance, you're looking at 17.4 buffaloes, uh, an operating permit from the Department of Trans- Transport is three buffaloes and then in terms of your certificate of roadworthiness you're looking at 4.8 buffaloes now yeah continue I, now, just, I, was about to, I was about to say I feel like 100 rand is very tough it is it <laughs> in is, the taxi industry it's very it, 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 it goes somewhere but not very far yeah but and that's the thing you're looking at um, a sort of a return on an investment that's estimated for the um, mini bus you're looking at 37,000 rands per month in terms of a return um, and then on no no, the, no no come back no c- yeah say that again 37,000 
37,000 like, per month. money that's being earned. That's, yes. Now, on a monthly basis. On one count, on one quantum. On one quantum. In a month. In a month. 37,000. 37K. I think I'm going so, to enter. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the sedan um, you, option, you have, you can reach up to um, 30,000 30, rands um, for working for uber really yes so you just really need to do your calculations make sure you look at the costs that go into the minibus and the risks associated with it versus the smaller taxi industry and the risks that are you know associated with that and then you look at the return and you see you know are you investing you know and and getting a return that's um sort of sufficient from what you're putting in and compare and see where um you get more back Okay, thank you so much to Klingiwe uh, for giving us the state of our 100 rand. I'm actually quite entertained, especially the 37,000 rand uh, <laughs> return. I understand now why there's so many taxis on the streets. Exactly. It now makes all the sense in life. But very quickly, I feel like the, the touching on this, it makes me remember the way that taxis work in Zim. Like from an ownership point of view, the business model is very simple. If you're an owner, you go and you say, I want a quantum, whether second hand, whatever. And let's say it's 100,000 rand. You pay 100,000 rand. Then you find yourself a driver, right? And then in Zim, the dri- because in South Africa, I've seen that there's a difference. Because in South Africa, the, the driver is the accountant, he's the conductor, he's, he's the driver, everything. He's everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Zim, you have a conductor and a driver. You have two separate people. So what they do in Zim is you get your, let's say it's 100,000, right? Then you hire these two people and then you see, give them targets. And you say, let's say, I want... 750 rand from this taxi every single day anything you make and you don't pay these guys a salary you say to them anything you make above 750 rand a day is yours yours. knock yourself out even if you make 2000 rand i'm not concerned i just want my 750 out of my 750 when i get to about 150,000 right remember i spent 100,000 on this thing when i get to about 150,000 i've made my money back and some profit usually what they'll do is they'll say to the conductor and the driver you guys can take the taxi i'm done wow and that's it you that's your that's exit strategy that's a nice strategy. way of acquiring yeah. assets mm-hmm. i think the first portion <laughs> is very similar to the south african context in terms of giving them a, a, a quota to region in excess of that they can keep the funds but in terms of keeping the taxi that doesn't happen <laughs> that doesn't happen very you often need to, you need to think about the economics because after some time yeah the cost of running that quantum becomes is gonna become very high. So as a, so so as a businessman, you say to yourself, "I've made my money. I made a profit. I've made a profit." Yes. Here you Let go. Let me move on to the next item. Exactly. So that's it in terms of our Buffalo Index for today. On the other side of this, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, a man who has developed an application that's helping uh, people to actually manage their their traffic in terms of uh, taxi operators. So definitely make sure you keep it locked. As I said, this is 88.1. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media. On Facebook, we are Val FM. Uh, please note uh, that our The Business Buzz page is actually uh, is no longer in existence. You can visit the Vitz Radio Academy page uh, for content around the business buzz. You can also stream us live. That's valfm.co.za. And remember that podcasts of The Business Buzz show will be available on vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash 
business. And then on Twitter, as I uh, alluded to earlier on, we have a Twitter poll that's going on. Um, earlier on, when I was uh, talking about this, 42% were saying yes, they want to own taxis. 42% are saying no. And 16% were saying maybe if I could afford it. But uh, things seem to be turning a little bit. Um, the no's have gone down. Uh, it's only 40% saying that no, it's too risky. 12% are saying maybe if I could afford it. And almost half at 48 are now saying that it is a good idea. I'm encouraging people because now Buffalo Index, you heard 37,000 rand a month. It's a good return on investment. You need to consider this one. So I'll be seeing whether people are really listening to the show with the Twitter poll. But otherwise, um, we decided that we're going to go on the street and uh, just ask some people what they think about the taxi industry. Would you be in it? How much do you think it costs? All of that stuff. And this is what some of you had to say. So today we're going to be looking into the two taxi apps that have been launched recently here in Johannesburg. The two taxi apps that I'm going to be talking about is the Taxi Math app and After Robert app. Starting off with the Taxi Math app, the first thing that you see when you open up the app kind of looks like a calculator basically. So at the bottom of the screen, you're going to see a taxi fare button and that's where you put the amount that is charged so let's say in this case the taxi is like nine rand fifty locally then you're going to put that on taxi fare then from there you're going to move up the screen on the far left and then you're going to select the number of people so let's say there are four people sitting at the back you're going to select four people on the people section and then when you look in the middle of the screen, that's where you select the amount of money that they paid with. So let's say for this instant, they use the 200 Rand note to pay. So you're going to select 200 Rand right side of the screen. It's going to show you the change that you're supposed to give them. In this case, is 162 Rand. This app is really not that complicated and it's not different from using a calculator. If you have a calculator on your phone, I don't think that it's really necessary to download this app because it works more or less the same like any other calculator you have on your phone. The second one is the After Robert app. My views about this app is that it works more or less the same like how Uber works. So you are going to request a taxi from where you are to the nearest taxi stop. So if you are new to the place and you don't know where you're going, you can get directions from where you are to the nearest taxi stop where you're going to get that taxi that you've requested. And then there's a taxi dashboard option. This one shows you information about your nearest rank so it will show you the number of commuters at the rank the number of commuters that are actually requesting a taxi number of vehicles entering and leaving the rank in this case for now it seems like it doesn't give much information about that because it may be that people who are at the rank do not have the app yet or the drivers of the taxis do not have the app yet and one of the options that really stood out for me in this app is the panic button app. So how this one works is that you add your travel buddies. So those are the people that you trust. You add their phone numbers and whenever you're in a 
emergency type situation you then send a message to them and they will receive your panic the option also has a track me option for when you want your buddies to track you throughout your trip and it also has an where am i option this is for when you're not sure where you are during your trip you can just press the button and then it will link to your google map and show you the exact location of where you are so i think this app is really cool and that was our producer, Lerato Mapella, giving us uh, an overview and an analysis and a review of uh, two um, apps that are new in the industry around taxis. Uh, the first one was Taxi Math, and then the second one was After Robot. On the line, incidentally, and uh, you know, quite a coincidence, we have um, the the creator of After Robot. Uh, we have uh, Obakeng Martloho on the line with us. Um, he was uh, working as a transport intern for a consulting company when he was engaging with a number of taxi associations and learned a lot about the transport policy and planning in South Africa. And then he joined ICT uh, Mobile Business Building Program, after which he co-founded a tech startup called uh, Soweta Tech. And then thereafter, this then became After Robot. How are you, Obakeng? I'm good at you, sir. I'm fine, thank you. Um, as we begin our our discussion, um, would you say that our producer gave an accurate representation of your application? Um, yeah, I would say that, and then <laughs> thank you for for the review. I would just add one other element that um, it doesn't quite work like Uber simply because of the way that public transport is structured, so it would work. Uh, a bit different and what i mean by that is um you see or this is this is what i'd say how we define public transport is we define it as having two modes and two service types yeah the first mode being the one-to-one mode now every trip has an origin and destination an od pair right where you start from and where you're going to now the first sort of uh the first mode of transport we call it a one-to-one mode now one-to-one means uh, the 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 pub mode of public transport will fetch you from your point of origin and drop you off at your point of destination route agnostic. So meaning a meter taxi, which is the solutions that Uber would cover, sort of uh, a meter taxi type of setup where it would, you know, kind of pick you pick you up uh, for a dedicated purpose. Now. Uh, then you've got your other, which is your one too many. Now your one too many mode, you typically as the user you have to engage with the service along its way. So uh, let's say uh, if you want to get onto, let's say, an airplane, the, the, the airplane won't come to you. You have to be on a particular route, so you need to go to the airport. And when you're there, you go with a bunch of people along a dedicated route to a certain destination. So uh, that is quite different because then how, how we would need to, like, say, build the routes themselves, understand how the taxis would travel in as much of a fixed pattern as is possible to then allow you the best chance for you to be as close as possible to that vehicle. So I just say it, 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 it was slightly different in that. But other than that, um, yeah, thanks for, for, for the, for the summary. Um, also maybe to, to say that things like the rank dashboard, the reason why you wouldn't see much activity is we are in the process of 
sort of getting more people on board to use it and also the taxi drivers themselves because they're an important element of this. So, um, you know, there's a lot of change management that happens in terms of trying to get them to understand that, you know, if they need to be, you know, using it in a particular manner. So, but, but yeah, in essence, and then one of the other things with the panic button is that, you know, one of the incidents that did really catch our eye was last year when that poor lady got onto a taxi only to, with her child, only to find out that, you know, it wasn't really a taxi. These guys then raped her in front of a child and we thought, no, you know, we need to build something that will allow people to be able to communicate with those closest to them and just highlight if they're in any situation. But thanks for the overall summary. I think one of the things that uh, might be very apparent for our listeners is the fact that you uh, you guys are keeping track of a lot of data. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of information um, that you need to be supplying to the users of your application. Uh, perhaps could you briefly just run us through how uh, you've been able to develop this technology, how you actually keep it going, and perhaps the business model that you've developed around it? Because you need to keep the lights on somehow. <laughs> oh, no, very pertinent question. Um, yeah, keeping the lights on. Or, or as as many people have said for a long time, getting a real job and not you know a plaything. But you know, if you really believe in the thing, um, you will figure out how to make it work. So maybe if I then go into the sort of the overall uh, architecture in terms of what we're running here. So uh, from a backend perspective, we're running uh, a NoSQL real-time database. Um, we're using uh, Google's platform Firebase. And basically what that allows us to do is to have real-time sort of instantiations of what is happening. So because it's also a cloud-hosted platform, uh, all the users, are, all the actors are connected to one central information source. So when a commuter sends a request, that same request is able to be seen by a queue marshal who is dedicated on that route and therefore, um, you know, um, and the taxi drivers themselves. Uh, when we build routes, the commuter is able to then able to see those same routes that we've built that the taxi driver would be using um, along that. So so from a back-end perspective, we're using, a, a, you know, real-time uh, no SQL DB. Um, if any, anybody who's listening is a bit of a techie, so basically it uses a lot of JSON strings uh, in key value pairs um, <laughs> to then basically have this data uh, sort of synchronizing. Um, so that's that. On the front end, we we are using uh, obviously Android, and uh, because of that, we are basically. And there was a reason why we chose Android for one. Uh, we are looking at sort of uh, other platforms in terms of um, getting to other platforms, but this just proved to be a very strong Android market. So that's why we went there. We initially have gone native just to allow us certain things like uh, some of the geolocation stuff, but uh, obviously uh, a lot of other platforms are coming through now. Um, we're looking at things like progressive web apps, to allow us uh, that flexibility to be able to cater for other platforms, be it iOS or or any other platforms that are out there. Um, so, so that would be really on the front end. So, basically, with that, this allows us to be able to to really run the solution itself. Uh, when it comes to how we keep the lights on, um, so far, basically, it's it's really been 
from really just uh, winning a lot of competitions and enterprise development. Um, we've we've been fortunate enough to get support from uh, really uh, mostly international companies. And even right now, we are being supported by uh, Qualcomm from San Diego um, through their wireless reach program. In fact, um, just two days ago, they tweeted how um, they, they actually flew down and, and, and came down to, we took them down to Breeze, Breeze Street uh, at the taxi rank where they were able to see, see us interacting with the drivers and the commuters. Uh, but in essence, what we're saying here is that um, we are trying to drive the concept or, or, or the understanding from the operator's perspective, being the taxi operator, that information is important for their business as operators. Um, and this thing is valuable so so that, uh, you know, we can be doing things like subscriptions or they are able to actually monetize their information, uh, whether it's through through advertising or any other medium. So we are in the process of also working through the business model. I'll be honest with you, we have not figured out everything around it. Uh, as as is things, um, you know, we are trying to build the technology itself, prove it, make it work, and the business model all at the same time. So it is a work in progress in terms of that. So how we've kept the lights on is... Um, to be honest with you, uh, I don't know how else to explain it, but to say this, like if you really believe and you're passionate in something, somehow, I don't know how this works, but we've been at points where we had like no cash, like nothing, nothing in the bank account. And somehow every time when we're at our lowest point, something comes through, whether it's a competition or, or somebody just contacts us, um, you know, of our info at after all, what email address, and then we're able to take it further. But so far we are... We are working on a couple of revenue models around this. Now, I can imagine that after having such a long journey, you're talking about um, the fact that it's, it's, it's been a bit of a passion project and you're still trying to figure out uh, the business around it. So how have you been able, in terms of communicating to investors, um, how have you been able to get investors on board? Um, that's the first thing. And then the second thing, I can uh, I can almost guess that getting people to actually take up the app uh, must be quite a bit of a challenge, whether they're, whether they're taxi operators, drivers, or actual computers. So the question really is about how have you gotten buy-in, either from the investors or just the users themselves? Okay, um, so from an investor perspective, I think one of the things that we've been talking to people around is that, you know, and after all, but, um, so I was actually fortunate enough to go to the, to deliver a paper at the World Congress on Intelligent Transport Systems in Melbourne. Um, and basically it was around uh, sort of dynamic modeling of informal uh, transport-based systems in Africa. But in a nutshell, our whole thing or, or, or our opening monologue was this, that we said that when it comes to the one-to-many uh, route-based uh, public transport services in the world, we believe this informal mode of transportation being the minibus, which, by the way, if you go to Kenya, it's called the Mutatu. Uh, if you go to, it's everywhere, you know, even in the eastern parts in, in the Philippines, it's called the jeepney. That it is one of the, if not the best mode of public transport because of its, uh, I'll say self-sufficiency or able to survive 
if there isn't huge cash that's pumped into it, like all these other modes. I mean, how train needing like 900 million rand or something a month subsidy in order to stay afloat, things like that where the taxis are not getting anything. So what, we, what we're trying to drive here is that this, this, this is a good business uh, it's just got its issues. Obviously, the violence, uh, the informality, you know, things like that, uh, that need to be sorted out. But, I mean, it's taking up two-thirds market share when it comes to public transport. So you take all your buses, all your planes, you know, all your trains, you add all these modes together. They only make one-third of the market. The other two-thirds is them. So we obviously there is something right here in this in the system. What we just are trying to figure out is what is the right, how, how can you extract this right? And this has been the message that we believe there's big potential in this market. Obviously, we just need to realize it. So this is what we've been saying to investors that, but now we're trying to figure out how good this can be, but obviously we don't have all the answers. And, and somehow I think if you are honest to people and, you know, I'm, I'm not there to sell dreams, just to be honest and say, but we know that we are onto something and we can build something strong from an operations perspective. But, uh, you know, there's obvious things that we need to figure out and, and understand. And, and, and like I said, so through this, um, through competitions, through different uh, areas, people have been listening. Um, the more serious VCs, we are having a few discussions with um, people. I can't really say who or how, but but um, they are starting to really understand what we're trying to drive here in terms of the operational efficiency and the benefits that could come just from the safety. If if we fix the system from inside, it's not just about driver training, but if you can invest in changing the entire sort of architecture of the minibus taxi industry, you could affect so many people's lives and this message is starting to resound. So maybe I'll then I'll say so that's how we've kind of gone through that message. Um yeah, it is difficult to get people to change um, you know, the way that they are used to doing things. So what we kind of say and you'll see in our tagline, um we saying after all what it's beyond seeing. Now what we're trying to drive here is this to everybody, be it a taxi commuter, be it a taxi operator. Ever since the 40s, ever since this business started in this country, you know, um, and we know it's history and it's, 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 you know, I mean, through apartheid, this was the, the one business that kept going when there were no available transport for people that were moved to areas that they didn't necessarily plan for. And, mm-hmm. The, the the challenge here is developing a new rule, you know, a new way of doing things because up to this point, it's all about sight and the limitation thereof. So a person has to use their finger to denote the destination that they're going to. Now, you raising your finger is only as good as someone's sight of seeing that. <laughs> and past that point, it's pointless, you know. So, so you can, as only as far as a taxi driver can possibly see your hand in the air, and God forbid if it's at night or in the dark, how do you communicate with this person? And same with the, with the taxi drivers. Other than their line of sight and their need to, because not everyone on the street is their client. That's another thing that we needed to get through and hence the reason or the need to be hooting all the time because they're trying to get people's attention because in the whole crowd, you don't know who wants transport or who's just walking or doing their own thing. And what we're saying is, the limitation here since the 1940s has been sight. 
sight is the limitation. So we are trying to bring something that is beyond sight. So what we're saying is this, that here's the mobile phone. It allows people to communicate with each other before they see each other over distances. So why not try to use the technology to allow us to do certain things? So let's say for a commuter, it's four o'clock, right? Um, you know that at half past four, you are going to be at a particular stop and needing to go to a particular destination. So why not send your request ahead of time? So the limitation here is that you, instead of you, um, what we call buffering your time, right? You have to leave super early or you have to leave and have a lot of time at your disposal because you don't know what you'll get. Rather buffer your intention. Tell people ahead of time, I'm going to be at this location and I'm going to get off at that destination so that people can plan for this and start to understand, you know, what's the demand looking like at four o'clock? How many people in office parks or how many students leaving varsity at certain points in time are going to be at a particular stop and where are they going to get off? And then same for the operators. What we're saying is look at how the system operates. You've got two options. Either you get to a taxi rank, right? Because it's a load-based system, you have to wait for, if you get there, let's say at three o'clock and you're the first person in the taxi, well, hard luck. You're going to have to wait there until it gets full. Or if you're the last person who gets there, it's your lucky day, you get to go in. But what we're saying is, what would happen if only when there were 10 people in the car, then the taxi driver could see that, no, but then I can leave because there's another 12 people along the way. Um, no, Oba Keng, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to cut you off very quickly, uh, because uh, the in, in interest of time, I'm sorry about that. Um, that was us uh, on the line. We're talking to Oba Keng Matloko, who is uh, the co-founder of After Robot, which is an app for the taxi industry. You can visit their website. That's afterrobot.com. Um, their tagline is safely um, on route, on time, no queue. So definitely go and check them out. I think what they're doing is actually, it's actually quite normal and especially given the fact that it's an industry that has remained largely unchanged for more than 20 years. So it's going to be interesting to see the progress that this application and this company actually takes going forward. On the other side of this, we get into what does it actually mean to be an operator of a taxi business? What does it mean take to finance one? And what does it take to actually keep one going in terms of finances? Keep it locked. This is 88.1. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz right here on VOFM 88.1. We are talking taxis tonight and we just came from giving you uh, a roundup of an application called After Robot, uh, which is an app for the taxi industry. And right now we are joined on the line by Maroba Maduma, who is the Group Communications and Campaigns Executive from SA Taxi, who's going to give us some insight on what it actually means to finance a taxi business own a taxi and actually carry it through its term. How are you, Maroba? Um, fantastic. Good evening, Madhu, and thank you very much for the opportunity and good evening to your listeners. Thank you so much for being on the show. Perhaps very briefly, could you just run through our listeners about what SA Taxi is and what its relationship um, is with uh, the taxi industry? I understand that um, your organization is the largest financier of the industry. Absolutely, certainly one of the largest years. Um, so as a taxi as a group, so we've got SA Taxi Finance, which is a pioneering uh, business uh, which is uh, focused on transforming the minibus taxi industry. So as a group, within our group, we have 
the taxi. We have the credit provider, which is FA Taxi Finance, and that is where anybody who's looking to actually get into the taxi business and need um, credit to at least finance for the for the minibus, uh, regardless of which uh, institution they're buying the vehicle from, can get finance from us. Okay, um, we also have a dealership, which is a Taxi Mart dealership, where. We also actually sell vehicles and sound. So you can come there, you can buy a Toyota, you can buy a Nissan, or you can buy um, a Merc, which are the three vehicles that we actually um, sell and give credit to. Uh, we also do insurance because we are very well entrenched within the vertical of the taxi industry to ensure that um, the running of the taxi is, is, is done perfectly. Um, so we, we not only insure, we not only sell the vehicles, we not only um, finance the vehicles, but we also have a panel shop so that we can ensure that the taxis are fixed at a very decent cost and can be fixed to a very good quality and put back on the road running and people are safe and the, the taxi itself as a business vehicle keeps on running you know um, and we've recently opened up uh, taxi auto parts which is our space uh, which is our space business so that um, the guys who will be importing our parts from from internationally um, and obviously we can do that and keep the costs of those parts um, as low as possible, as affordable as possible for the industry. So whenever a taxi needs parts, the guys can always come to us uh, and buy the parts and fix their vehicles. So I think one of our listeners who've been listening to this show uh, from the beginning about the taxi industry, uh, we just came from talking to uh, a man who's the... Who's developed an app around actually making the actual transporting of people and commuters more efficient? Would you, from a finance point of view, because we have a lot of budding entrepreneurs and young people listening to us, would you advise um, people to actually get into this industry? Um, are people succeeding? Are they failing? And um, what are those rates like? Um, actually, I was listening to you just now, the gentleman uh, who started the After Robot app, which I think is a very cool um, initiative, just by the way. And I'd love for him to actually come uh, go onto our website and actually all try and contact me. So if you guys can usually get in contact with him, get him to contact me. We'd love to have a chat with him. I think it's a very cool initiative. Um, but to, on to your question. Um, is the industry a, a worthwhile industry to get into? Absolutely. I mean, looking at just our book performance in terms of credit provider book performance, um, we we have at least of an, uh, just about 90 to 95 percent of our book performs quite admirably, uh, which means the guys are either the guys are either in advance of the accounts or they they have uh, they are current of the account, and that's now speaking to a book of finance class of just about 28,000 or more. So you, you're looking at a very good industry where the guys are able to to pay their, their credit, you know? Um, and uh, I know when we spoke, you and I earlier, um, um, I realized that this is a specifically youth, I mean, predominantly youth-driven show, a uh, youth-focused show, and I had a look at our numbers to see which of, uh, which of the, uh, which of, what part of our portfolio is uh, as the youth. So basically looking at 18 to 35, which is what we deem the youth. And um, you've got 19% of our portfolio, uh, of our current book being um, youth-based. So in people between the, the ages of 18 and 35 who come into the industry and they also, again, form part of that 90 to 95% that actually performs quite well. So what 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 one would I think that it's an industry as, an, as a young budding entrepreneur that I think we should consider? Absolutely. I think it's something that extremely is worthwhile looking into and um, a very good industry that is profitable as well. And then I think 
Moving on from there, it becomes very interesting then to then ask what are some of the financial misconceptions that people have um, about the industry? Earlier on, um, there was an interesting statistic which is still... Uh, still has me riled up where, I was, where we were hearing that um, some operators can make, let's say, about 35,000 um, rand per taxi. Uh, but what are some of the other misconceptions that people might have about getting into this industry? Are people paying insurance? Do they know how much it is to actually um, take uh, quantum, for example, from the dealership floor, um, depreciation, all of that stuff? Do people understand these things or are you guys doing... Uh, some work to educate um, the operators as well. So, what what we need to understand is that the taxi industry has been around for a very long time, and and the guys in the industry are very good and understand the industry very well. Um, ourselves, as a partner to the industry, we we spend a lot of time assisting wherever we need to. But um, I think one of the greatest misconceptions that people have is that taxi operators don't understand how to run their own business. They absolutely do. Um, there are things that obviously we as businesses and we as the corporate side would be would do want to and get ourselves involved in. And the industry is extremely open, and they 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 extremely willing and they driving more and more towards wanting to. Um, to understand better, so um, the the finance of a the financing of a car of, of a taxi, for instance, is not the most difficult of things. I mean, uh, I'm going to be that guy who works at SA Taxi and say, just log on to our website, <laughs> which is www.sataxi.co.za, and go on there. And all you need to do is just send us send us your name and details, and we contact you. And what you need is to have a deposit, just like with any other business. When you're getting into a business, you need to have a little bit of capital. So because now the taxi is your business, your deposit becomes your, your, your almost like your capital that you need to put into play. Um, and then you, you need to have, uh, you need to go to the, to, to the taxi association. So let's say, for instance, you want to travel between, uh, between a specific route with, with, within the Alexandra uh, uh, Taxi Association um, area. You go to the taxi association and you discuss it with them and we would require you to actually get, uh, 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 to, to, to get uh, a letter from them saying, stating that you can, you have permission to, to, to a permit to actually be on that route. You need to apply for an actual uh, permit from, from uh, uh, um, the, 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 the relevant department to ensure that you can actually be on that, so you, you can transport people. Um, you need to have the right to driver for the, for the job, so employees. You, know, you need to have the right employee for any job, and your driver needs to have a PDP license uh, for, the, for the time being that's still required. Um, and the rest of it, by simply coming in and asking, you get guided along just as well. Um, when it comes to insurance, you mentioned that um, a lot of people are still of the perception that um, taxis aren't insured. That is still a challenge. Just this afternoon, we, we, we had a meeting with uh, the first deputy president, um, I mean, the, 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 the first deputy president of, of Santaco, uh, speaking about the insurance business, uh, I say taxi, where um, we were looking at the fact that all taxis, just like just like any other finance vehicle, almost all taxis that are financed are actually insured. The, the, the challenge that comes in is the taxis that are fully paid up. And it's not that the guys don't want insurance. Affordability does become a thing because some of the insurance, some of the insurance companies um, 
they, 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 they tend to make the insurance too expensive, which is why we got into the insurance business as well, because we understand the industry. We understand what, what, what works and what doesn't in the industry. We understand how to keep the costs in the industry low, and which is, which is another thing that, again, if you go to our website, you, you, you say that you want to understand a little bit more as a taxi operator or the taxi owner about the insurance, you just contact us and we take you through some of our innovative products which are specifically for the insurance industry. So it's not to say that it's a very difficult industry to get into. The misconceptions is that it's too expensive. It's not necessarily too expensive. Um, just like any other business, it needs good business acumen and the industry does know how to do it and the associations do help and us as companies will also assist you as much as possible to ensure that you are successful because the industry's success becomes our success because that's the only industry we work with at the moment is the taxi industry um, and can I just speak about another one one last misconception that people have and, and it's a sad one Definitely. Uh, which is that which is that it's, a, it's an extremely violent and and it's extremely <laughs> unregulated industry you, you know you have you have a lot of a lot of good businessmen in this industry who are able to feed their families, take their kids to school the industry transports over 15 million commuters a day now, if we look at this industry as though it's this hooligan industry, it's unfair to think of it because of a small portion of people who have disputes. You know, uh, like just like any other, just like any other business. Unfortunately, they do have disputes, and unfortunately, there are a small portion of those industry people who actually become violent. But the industry as a whole is a very well self-governed industry, which takes care of their own, which takes care of the business interests of the people of their members as well. And what we do as, as SA Taxi is through our SA Taxi Foundation, whenever there is conflict or whenever there is a situation or a need for us to actually get involved to do conflict resolution, uh, uh, we, we do through the, through the foundation and in collaboration with the different associations within the industry, get ourselves involved as business as it is part of our corporate social responsibility. Thank you so much. That was us on the line talking to Maroba Maduma, who is the Group Communications and Campaigns Executive with SA Taxi, who are one of the biggest financiers and insurers of the South African taxi industry right now. A big takeaway from uh, from that particular interview is that people have the misconception that the taxi industry isn't well run or that the businessmen don't know what they're doing. Um, as you heard from Maroba, people know exactly what's going on. They know their business and they they know their business well and then uh, lastly the fact that it's a very well self-regulating industry and these people know what they are doing and his advice is it's an industry to get into so that's it for today's show uh, definitely make sure you continue telling us um, what you think on social media on facebook we are vow fm that's voice of vits and uh, just a note uh, that our the business buzz uh, facebook page has been closed uh, you can find all our information on the vits radio academy uh, facebook page on twitter we are vow fm and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz i'm just going to uh, try and update uh, so that we can see whether our Twitter poll has gone up or down um, from earlier on to let you know whether people want to be taxi. Yes, it's gone up to 50% of people now say that they want to be in the uh, taxi industry with 37% saying that it's too risky and 13% saying maybe 
if I can afford it. You can find podcasts of the Business Pass show uh, on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business and you can continue streaming VowFM. That's um, vowfm.co.za. Coming up next, we have Life Beats, so definitely make sure you don't turn that down. Thank you to our amazing team, our executive producer, that's Alna Schutz. Our technical production is done by Kutluano Serame and then our production team of Tlengi uh, Mazondo and Lerato Mapela. For myself, Mudio Mob Justice Kavaza, it's good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Listen to the Business Buzz every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. only on Power FM. The Business Buzz Podcast.